Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We're happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is using Pinterest to grow your e-commerce business. Today's guest is the founder of Pin and Grow, an agency that helps e-commerce owners scale their business through both paid and organic. Pin and Grow is currently one of the very few Pinterest-approved partners in the world allowing him to offer unique customized services to e-com owners using Pinterest. A big hello to Craig Lewis. Hi, Craig. Hi, Andy. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, inviting me on the show. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what comes out and sharing what it is that we do in, in my agency and how it is that we're helping uh, e-commerce owners in particular uh understand and use Pinterest and, and use it as a, a viable channel for their, for their growth. Great. Well, we're, we're happy to have you here. We, I don't think we've ever had this topic before. So oh, excited. To, yeah. Excited to see what you have to say. So let's get right to it. Why yeah. Pinterest? Why should an e-commerce company be using Pinterest to grow? Yeah, that's a good question to start. I think uh, this, this question actually came up with a few, uh, conversations we're having with FBA aggregators at the moment. And um, the easiest way to answer that question is it's an underused but growing platform that has the ability to use organics. So you can mm -hmm. uh, rank content for evergreen uh, traffic. And it also has a paid advertising option at the same time. So those two options and uh, processes combined just make it a very good uh, platform to use and then when you add that into like Pinterest's user base it doubled in 20, uh, 2020 from I think it was maybe like 240 million active users a month to just under 500 active million active users a month so that's a pretty big jump so it's a growing platform but like radically underused and there's there are so many maybe like misconceptions as to what Pinterest is, which is, which is why I think it gets overlooked. Um, but I do feel that is changing. So yeah, it's just an underused platform. It's yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about some of those misconceptions. I mean, I don't, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I don't know a lot about Pinterest. I know when I was looking to redo a patio deck, yeah. I, I saw a bunch of pictures on Pinterest, right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking that home goods similar to house would yeah. benefit from being on there, but are there products beyond that that should be on there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you've just raised um, one of the most common things that people do is like they look, they use Pinterest for creating ideas, not necessarily to buy, but they right away anyway, they use Pinterest to gather ideas and information because you can visually see what it is that you're creating in your mind. So if you know that like you want to improve the garden or you want to improve the home, 
most of the time we have an image in our mind of what that looks like. And then when we scroll Pinterest, there's visual representations of that, which help us make a decision better. Um, so yes, home goods, yes, definitely. Uh, the supplement niche is, is pretty good. Um, most of the fashion, jewelry, health, mm. beauty, uh, I was trying to think what other ones are on. Pets is really, really popular. Uh, yeah, gardening, which would tie into home. Any kind of arts and crafts, any physical products around those. Uh, yeah, they're probably the biggest ones. Uh, there's probably a few that I'm just not thinking of right now. Um, but yeah, those are the main areas. Um, but yeah, the, the supplement niche in particular is just one that's overlooked. Uh, and I, I'm talking to like health supplements, like holistic supplements, uh, all kinds of supplements. It, it, yeah, it's pretty, pretty popular. So how does Pinterest work when deciding to show products? I mean, I, I did a, you know, I did a search for fire pit. I was redoing a patio and I, I got a bunch of fire pits, but how do they pull which products? How, how does that happen? Yeah. Okay. That's a good uh, question. So the, the algorithm from what we understand is, is fundamentally rooted in SEO, um, which is one of the misconceptions that's overlooked. A lot of people think that Pinterest is a social media platform, but the reality is it's a search engine, especially the organic side of things. So when you type in things like uh, fire pit or patio or garden, you're using a search function on the platform, which has an algorithm behind it. So it will look for keywords, images, text, descriptions, and content that are specific to that search term. So you're going to get highly targeted searches and uh, findings from the platform. So it's actually rooted in SEO from the organic side of things. In the last few years, probably like maybe two years, three years, I would say two years actually when I think about it, they've upgraded their algorithm a lot and it's actually now scanning images so it knows exactly what an image is so you could have an image that doesn't have text on it and it would still pick up exactly oh. what it is um, and then when which is what we do we compound that search and make it better and improve it by adding text to a specific image so you're just adding signals constantly it's like this is what this image is this is what's behind it this is the product these are the descriptions this is what you get um, so yeah. it's working a lot like google seo the yes. organic, but it's not because I, I didn't know if it was more like Google shopping where you have to upload a feed of products with images, but that's yeah. not the case. You can. Yes, you, you can have a feed of products. And uh, one of the programs that you can join, which is called the Verified Merchant Program, which is the equivalent of Facebook's and Instagram's blue check. You can do that on uh, Pinterest where you become a verified merchant. When you're in that uh, program, you upload a catalog feed. So your um, products are freely displayed by Pinterest. It's actually one of the things we're suggesting to all of our e-commerce clients to do now is once we uh, go through the initial process to apply to this program through my agency with Pinterest, because when you have your products uh, inserted in the way that we're talking about, there's like a 30 or 40% uptick in organic traffic just from having this, like uh, just for being part of this particular program. So it's a very like uh, beneficial thing to do as, as an e-com brand. If you have a range of products, 
they freely show them uh, to Pinterest users. It's, it's actually something that was introduced quite recently and it's called uh, the shopper's experience. And this is where Pinterest have actually changed the algorithm quite a lot. They are, they've changed it so much that they're favoring products uh, because they want to improve the shopper's experience for all of their users. So they're basically making it really, really easy for people who are searching for products and product-related content to show them specific content as quickly as, as, as possible. So that data feed, is that for organic traffic, paid traffic, or both? Uh, both, but specifically for organic, but it does help with the paid because with the paid advertising manager, uh, there's one feature within that new business ma- uh, new paid ad manager that you can run paid ad campaigns to your product catalog. Obviously, if you don't have that, you can't obviously do that. You can still do retargeting and uh, consideration and a bunch of other stuff, but you can't do the, the catalog uh, campaigns. So it actually works for both. So quick question, and I'm not sure if you know the answer, but so with Google, paid and organic are completely separate. They don't, it doesn't matter how much organic traffic you get, you're not getting a cheaper price on paid. Yeah. Alternatively, Amazon's different. Amazon, okay. you're sending traffic to your organic, it's going to benefit your paid. Yeah. How does Pinterest work? In terms of... Organic? Well, does organic benefit paid? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah there's a couple of points around that, actually. So the first one is if we're using organic strategies for a brand and we're seeing a particular piece of content or a product image that seems to be performing quite well organically, we can then use that exact same creative and turn that into an ad because we, we, we kind of know that will perform well uh, because of it's already performing well on the platform. So you, you have that element to begin with. The other aspect is when you run paid ads on Pinterest, obviously you get a massive spike in traffic while the ad is running. Uh, It reaches all the right people because the campaign is set up and and optimized. However, when you switch off the ad, you'll still generate traffic and it will remain on the platform to generate traffic a long time after the ad is switched off. Um, The other thing to mention on that is if a user on Pinterest shares a paid ad that a brand is running, that paid ad no longer shows as promoted or paid ads. So it organically goes in a different direction. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit complicated because there's like, there's so many different factors with when you combine the organic and the paid at the same time and the benefits just ricochet out a long time after uh, the ad is switched off. How expensive are the ads on Pinterest compared to your Google Shopping or, or your Amazon campaign manager? Yeah, it's a good question. So we don't have enough data to make that call, mostly because we've we've only ever specialized in Pinterest. Um, what we do see is the ads on Pinterest. So actually, yeah, I don't have a comparison on uh, from Pinterest to another platform. Um, but what we do see is the longer the ad is running, once it's set up and optimized, the costs drop like dramatically. So they may start off a bit a bit high uh, because. Uh, the uh, the campaign has been optimized and is finding the right people. But after 
it's run for a specific amount of time, it, like that time frame does change, it does drop significantly and it doesn't impact any of the reach or any of the people that it meets. So how valuable of a marketing channel can Pinterest be if you're an e-commerce company? Yeah, I mean, if if the if the brand and the niche on Pinterest align in terms of like popularity, because ultimately we do turn down some brands because they're just not suitable as much as I'd like them to be suitable, because I, I like some of the brands that we uh, come into contact with. Uh, they wouldn't be suitable. Uh, just for what, what are what are some of the brands that aren't suitable? Uh, so we've had one like uh, how can I describe it? It was uh, seeds for uh, indoor plants. Now that in itself could work, but it was so niche that the just the volume wasn't available. Um, so we kind of said it might work, but we're probably doing a disservice if we say yes, go at it because uh, it was very, it, it just, there just wasn't enough data on the platform for us to say, yes, this is what people are looking for. So we kind of declined that one. And there was another one around uh, a pet product, but pet products are usually um, high volume and popular. But this specific one was for cats with big ears. I would have loved to have uh, seen that do well on the platform, but it just wouldn't have performed as well as, as the expectations would have been. So let's say you, ha you have a product where there is volume. You're, you're not selling stuff for cats with big ears. Yeah. <laughs> how, um, how valuable of channel marketing channel will it be? Could it be? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, you have the ability to build a brand. And by build a brand, I mean, you can create content around products while building an email list. And you can do all of that organically. Then you have the paid advertiser manager at the same time. So you can like supercharge your efforts by putting the two options together. So once you know that uh, the organic stuff seems to be working and clicking while building a brand like off a different platform, in this case, a lot of the clients that we're working with are looking to replicate success uh, off Amazon on a different channel. And Pinterest is, is a channel that they're looking for. So you have the ability to build a brand and run paid ads to a product that kind of already has proof of concept. Can it generate as many sales as Amazon? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have enough data for that. Like, it would be unfair for me to say yes or no either way. It would boil down to what is the product. Like, the product would have a big uh, factor in that. If you're in a prod, if you're in a niche like uh, beauty, jewelry, or supplements, I would suggest that the volume would be there. Um, even for clothing and some apparel, like the the uh, the potential is definitely there, but there may be for some other like very specific products, maybe not, but it would still be uh, enough of a channel to generate a significant amount of uh, sales, revenue leads and uh, website traffic. So when a potential client comes to you, if they've been using Pinterest before, yeah. what are some of the mistakes that you have seen that could cause you to not be successful using Pinterest? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think that there's actually a few. Maybe if I just give a, a couple that might, that might help uh, anyone that's listening to this who's either using Pinterest or thinking about using it. The first one is uh, everything you do must have an intent. So a lot of what I mean is a lot of people, before they start using Pinterest with intent, they'll just pin 
anything. So any image that they think people might like, um, they'll just pin it and there's no real intent behind it. An alternative way to do that is to you take the same image, let's say it's a product image, and tell people they can buy it so that you, you are telling them exactly what to expect when they click that image, what's going to be behind this image. So instead of having a raw image or a blank image of just a product, tell them the price, put the price on the image, say this is in stock. You can even put the words in stock and even put the price on so they know exactly what happens when they click that. So that's one thing. It just sets the expectations of somebody who sees this image and they're probably already looking for it and then they click through and they know that it's going to be a product page and they're able to buy that product. Um, the other one is, and this has been around like since they introduced this feature, and there's actually a ton of videos on YouTube, which in my opinion, this particular topic is quite misleading and it does send people down a rabbit hole of doing something that has no benefit whatsoever. On When you uh, register a Pinterest account and you turn it from a personal account into a business account, you get all of the business aspects like the analytics and you get to see inside what people are looking for. One thing that also you get on your feed as the, as the, as the brand or business owner is a number that tells you the monthly views. And those monthly views do not correlate to anything. And it's easy to manipulate this number. So you can see a brand and we've seen inside companies that have 10 million plus monthly reach. Now, if you don't know what that is on the face of it, you may think this is amazing. This must be a really popular, massive brand with like hundreds of thousands of traffic and making sales. But that number doesn't reflect in anything. It All that number is showing is how popular some images are, and they may not even be the brand owner's images that they've shared on the platform. So it increases that number. A lot of the brands that we have seen that have 10 million plus, when we've looked at their analytics, they're having less than 100 visits a day. And then on the flip side, we've seen brands have 1 million, 2 million, 3 million monthly reach and have hundreds of thousands of website clicks from Pinterest. So there's, there's no correlation whatsoever. Interesting. So what, what is that reach number used for then? Uh, we, we, we don't know. <laughs> um, you, can, you can manipulate the number really easily. If you, for whatever strange reason, wanted to grow that number at the expense of everything else, what you would do, you would just go and find all of the popular content in your niche and start sharing them onto your boards and on your feed. And that number would go up, but it would make no, um, it would, it would benefit your brand, uh, like nothing at all. There would be no kickback for you whatsoever in doing that. It makes no difference at all. What would you say regarding the rap that Pinterest is, is unresponsive. They kind of have the same rap as Yelp that, it's it's hard to get a hold of somebody there. You know, for example, I have a client where I managed their Google Ads, and before before we started working together, he was using Pinterest, but they mm-hmm. had their account suspended, and they've been sending emails for probably a year, year and a half with no answer on what they need to do, and they're are super frustrated. So, what would you say is Pinterest? Can you get a hold of them if you have a problem? Um. Yes. So it's quite common for accounts to get shut down. Um, and I say common, it's not like, it's not something that happens all of the time, but it does happen from time to time. There is a process to go through. Um, personally, in the last, well, since 2017, 
I don't know anyone that had an account shut down that didn't get it back as long as they went through the process of uh, inputting the information into Pinterest and then following up with the emails. It is super frustrating because up until recently, they just had uh, canned responses. So it was just automated. Uh, I think it was from Zendesk. They were just having automated responses saying things were going to be looked at, which I'm assuming is what happened with the client. Um, but sometimes you get a reply back from an actual uh, human. <laughs> and when, when you do get a reply from an individual, take note of that email address and just send an email directly to them. That does seem to shortcut uh, any time delay in, in, in helping. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. Flowers and, and keep their email. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, the the other thing to do is email daily, like follow up daily because- Daily? Yeah, daily, to follow up daily until it, until it gets resolved. It will get resolved as long as uh, you are persistent and keep going. Um, and recently in the fairness of Pinterest, they have, in my opinion, changed the support system. You do get- um, actual people replying back now. It used to be 99% automated canned responses and it was super, super frustrating. Uh, now we're seeing accounts get closed down and we're getting them back up within 12 hours. Uh, it's, most wow. Of them, yeah, most of them are less than 24 hours. All right, so there's hope still. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite success story of one of your clients that you could share with us? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's actually a friend of mine and... Uh, we met uh, online, first of all, uh, back in 2017. And then we actually met when we were in uh, Thailand in 2018, the end of 2018. And he just started Pinterest. I'd been doing it for a while. And we kind of shared some strategies and gave him some kind of uh, advice on maybe try to do this or try this. And long story short, he implemented what we said, plus stuff that he'd learned. And he'd grown his site to like crazy, crazy levels. We're talking millions and millions of website visits each year. He was at that time, he was monetizing with uh, display ads. And he sold his site for multiple six figures after starting from scratch, like with no idea what to do. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like a success story of like a friend stroke. Um, wow. What, what kind of content, what, what vertical was he in? So he was in, um, it, the best way to describe it is just lifestyle. So he had like a lifestyle blog and it had a range of things like recipes, um, uh, diet tips, um, weight loss, health, fashion, um, well-being, just a kind of range of everything that you would associate with lifestyle, really. And yeah, he sold that site for multiple six figures and in the space of like 18 months. So he, he did really, really well just using Pinterest. And 99% of the traffic was Pinterest traffic. Uh, he didn't focus on anything else. He just just focused on, on Pinterest. So the traffic potential is there. It's definitely there. Was he selling anything or just trying to get traffic? No, he wasn't selling. At that time, he wasn't selling anything. He, he does now have uh, an e-com brand, which is really, really cool. But he used that money to start his e-com brand. Um, but no, at that time, he was just monetizing with display ads. Interesting. Not sell, yeah, not, not selling any uh, any product of his own. He didn't have uh, an affiliate setup. It's, it's all crazy. Like He just kind of stumbled into it and just it grew really, really fast. And then he managed to yeah sell it for a nice amount of money. 
Now, you had mentioned a challenge on getting results if, if there isn't the demand for yeah. products, but are there any other challenges you struggle with in getting results for your clients? Uh, yeah, I guess it's, so it, we kind of said, if this is a brand new account, like with no Pinterest presence, no Pinterest account, it's important, especially on the organic side of things, to set expectations. Even though, like we just mentioned about uh that particular site having millions and millions of views uh, per year. It's also important to remember and, and recognize that like as a starting brand, it, it's important to have some time frame of expectations of like, there's going to take a while for things to figure out. Um, the platform's constantly evolving and it, it does seem to impact sites that are brand new. So just a time expectation of if you're just using organic uh, strategies and approaches, as with any platform, it will take time, but the compounded effort over time will pay off. It's just a matter of just being consistent, just publishing new content and just making sure that the content that's going out is what people are actually looking for. Um, and then on the paid side, obviously you can shortcut the time frame of expectation, but as with all ad platforms, there's an element of learning and uh, just optimizing. So I think to answer the question like more concisely, I, I think it's just expectations and set in those with, with the clients that we have. No, I mean, that, that makes complete sense. Like Google's the same way, right? Google yeah, SEO, I, it's going to take you time. It's going to have to be consistent as well as put into best practices where they're paid ads. You can be up yep. in 15 minutes. So it, yep. that, that makes sense. It works the same way with Pinterest. Now, personally, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's really interesting you ask this because, uh, it's t it, the questions and the answer I should say is, is tied into two books. And it, maybe if I share some backstory, it'll, it'll help understand why I was reading this first book. Um, because the second book catapulted my life like astronomically and in a totally different direction. In 2014, I left my job of 12 years as a project manager um, in a building services company, which I'd been at since I was 16. I went into university uh, to study sports science in, with the intention of becoming a strength and conditioning coach. In the second year, so the summer before the third year, uh, the final year, I picked. Up, I was reading tons and tons of books like about the topic I was studying, and I picked up a book called uh, CEO Strength Coach, which which I thought was about um, building uh, a firm foundation. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading that. Yeah. So I was reading that book and um, I got, I didn't get halfway through and he kept referring to this book about systems and automations and a, a guy called Tim Ferriss. And I'm like, who's this mm. guy? Why, why is this guy talking about strength and conditioning, but constantly referring to Tim Ferriss? And it, it actually bugged me. I was like, what is the, who is this guy? And I Googled it. I bought the four-hour work week while I was reading the CEO strength coach. And the two or three days later, that book came and I never finished the CEO strength coach. And I knew going into my third year, I was not going to be a strength coach. I was going to be doing something very different. And I used the four-hour work week. I uh, implemented as much as I could. It totally changed how I observed and experienced like my world. 
I sold everything I had in 2017 and flew to Thailand to start my first company. <laughs> so it, it made a, a big difference on the trajectory of my life. That is a great story. You know where I thought you were going. I was completely wrong. But with the name Pin and Grow, I yeah. thought you were going to reference Think and Grow Rich. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been uh, a good story as well, actually. So how, how did you get the name Pin and Grow? It's not from Think and Grow Rich, obviously. Yeah, no, it's not from that one, but that would have been good. Uh, so this is another funny story. <laughs> uh, my agency unofficially started in 2019, and it grew quite quickly quite, uh, to the point of, yeah, it just, it just grew really, really quickly. And I came up with the name on the spot. And it will, my, for the first nine months of my company, I had no website and I had an email address that was nothing to do with Pin and Grow. It was actually called the Pinterest Marketer. Uh, I just made it up on the spot. And then over time, I was like, I need to change this name. I don't really like it. I need to actually get a, a proper name. <laughs> um, so I sat down and I was like, okay, what do we do? And I was like, okay, we pin for our clients. And the intention for my agency is to grow them. So I was like, oh, okay, Pin and Grow. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's a, a great name. It definitely works for you. Now, yeah. what problems are you solving for your clients? And how does your agency stand out from the competition? I assume there's other agencies doing this. Yes, there's definitely other agencies doing this. However, they don't, from all I can see, they don't specialize in Pinterest. Uh, you, you have uh, some amazing agencies that like do exceptionally well with Facebook ads and Instagram and even TikTok for clients. But what we've seen is they add Pinterest into that. So you have agencies that basically do everything. Um, we just do Pinterest, like organic and paid, and we solely focus on e-commerce. There's a quite a lot of um, agencies out there that focus on like your blogger and your info product and they seem to do quite well but i've not seen like maybe i'm mistaken maybe someone listening to this will, will correct me i've not seen a specific pinterest agency solely work with e-commerce and maybe I've, I've missed it but i've not seen that yet um so yeah there are a lot of like agencies doing pinterest but i don't think they're doing it in the way that we're doing it all with the audience and the clients that we're working with so how does your agreements work with, with clients? Is it uh, for a certain length of time? Is it month to month? Is it retainer? Is it commission? I mean, yeah. walk, walk us through that. Yeah, um, we provide two options um, because a lot of the FBA aggregators that we work with tend to uh, favor one option and then brand owners uh, tend to favor another option. So we provide... Um, the option to sign up for six and 12 months at a time, which is what the FBA aggregators tend to, to, tend to favor. And then the, uh, the individual brand owners tend to favor the month to month. Um, so like a monthly retainer, the, min the minimum like requirement is to just sign up for three months because we need that kind of time frame to like test a lot of different things. Um, so the minimum time frame to sign up is three months. Um, there's a monthly retainer for, for that. And then obviously the six and 12 month sign up options uh, paid in full, which is what the FBA aggregators tend to tend to favor. Now, who is the perfect client for your service? Who, if they're out there listening right now, should make sure they contact you? Yeah, I mean, FBA aggregators seem to be working 
like quite well for us and vice versa we seem to be generating a value um and then obviously they provide us with additional brands as we go and can you can you clarify for people who might not know what an fba aggregator is yeah good yeah certainly so essentially there's quite a lot of com- organizations and companies out there right now that are acquiring brands that perform well on amazon and looking to replicate uh, the success of Amazon, and we're providing a, a, a new alternative and a different approach using Pinterest because it tied back into what I mentioned at the beginning. It's an underused but growing platform. Um, so we're helping them uh, achieve their outcomes of growing a brand that's already popular on Amazon, off Amazon. So typically this is through Shopify. Um, and then other brands that we uh, tend to work with I tend to be in in the niches that we spoke about earlier. Uh, So it's anyone that's already having like um, some traction on a different platform. doesn't matter what platform it is. In the fashion, jewelry, health, um, supplements, uh, home deco, furniture, those types of niches, those brands in particular tend to work really, really well on Pinterest. And those are the ones that we uh, tend to speak to the most. So how can an interested listener perfect or not, learn more about working with you? Yeah, uh, that's an amazing question. Uh, What I can do is I will provide a link uh, to you so that if it's okay with you to share with your readers. um, And if they fill in the uh, questions on the box, what I can do is if they say, um, Andy, uh, make each click count in the relevant section uh, box at the bottom, what we can do is we can audit their existing Pinterest account for free if they have one. If they don't have one, we will do like a mini brand analysis and, and make a decision for them if Pinterest is a viable channel or not. That's great. Well, we'll make sure we get that link up in the show notes. Now, yeah. anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Uh, yeah, I guess like just as a, and maybe if someone's listening to this as an e-com brand and maybe they're just starting out but have proof of concept, um, I would just maybe think about spending some time and just have a look on Pinterest uh, and just see what comes up. Because I think uh, most brand owners tend to be quite surprised at what is actually on the platform. It's not just uh, for recipes and uh, to be used as a mood board. There's a definite growing business aspect of it. Um, So yeah, just just maybe have a play around and just see what comes up, type in some product terms and just see like what what kind of content comes up. yeah, and just have fun with it. It's a, it's a good platform. Like everyone likes a visual representation of what it is that they're selling and, and creating. Um, yeah, and just have fun with it. It's, it's a it's a decent platform to use. Well, this has been great. Thank you again for joining us today, Craig. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I appreciate uh, being asked on. It's been uh, yeah, it's been good fun. Thank you. All right. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Pin and Grow or connecting with Craig, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all the different past guests by show topic and have included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any services I've discussed during previous episodes. That's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast.
The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 